Welcome to the Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series. The Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series is dedicated to providing internet marketing education to physicians for better business development and overall patient communication. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Glacial Multimedia's Podcast Series. Yay! Uh, my name is Daryl, Daryl Quinlan. I'm your moderator once again. Today, we are here to talk about how to blog effectively. And once again, I have gathered a fantastic crew to talk about this. Let's go around the room and introduce ourselves, and then we'll jump right into some questions. All right. Hi, my name is Bethany Powers. I am a client relations manager, and then I am also an internet Oh, internet marketing consultant with Glacial Multimedia. I've been working with the company going on about a year and a half now and work with a lot of clients on their internet marketing strategy. Thank you very much. Next. Hi, I'm uh, Andy Hercock. I'm the director of SEO here at Glacial, and I'm working on uh, four years. Nicely done. Thank and you, last, of course, but not least... Uh, my name is Lacey Borders. I am the Chief Content Officer at Glacial. <laughs> right? um, I've been working here about the same time as Bethany, about a year and a half. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're here today to talk about blogs and how to blog effectively, something we obviously do for our clients. So I think we probably should start out with some basics. What is a blog and why are blogs important for our clients? And this, of course, is an open forum. Jump in and feel free. But let's start with Bethany to my left just to give us a quick overview because you deal a lot with clients and blogs and why they're important for them. So give us a quick overview if you would. Yeah, definitely. So I talk a lot with my different clients about utilizing blogs, getting a blog system on your website, and trying to blog as often as possible to try and reach your potential patient base or current patient base. Um, really, it's a good forum to try to increase your internet presence with a lot of SEO strategy, which I'm sure Andy is going to get into quite a bit. But it also works well with regard to giving your practice a persona because it can be really hard. There's a lot of technical speak on your website. And in a lot of cases, it's not easy for people to feel related to your practice when they're just reading about the procedures. So we see blogs as a really effective way to kind of use um, public relations skills, uh, talk about some cool charities you're doing or give yourself a personality on the internet, which is really fun. Absolutely. And one of the things that we've done, the blogs we've kind of utilized as an extension of some of the social media that's out there, mm -hmm. Facebook, Twitter, things like that. And blogs, you're right, are an absolutely fantastic way for a practice to personalize itself and show the human side of a practice. Um, all right. So now that we know what blogs are, what do we kind of do with those blogs? How do we work with our, our patients, our, our practices? Mm -hmm. One of the things that we talk about is the way to actually blog and what's, what's the importance of it, how to do it, the language to use, things like that. So we'll dive into this a little bit uh, in a little more detail. Should a blog principally be about the specific business or the industry they're in, why or why not, and then give, give an example of something you may have worked with somebody in the past? Sure, I'll answer that. And uh, the, the answer is an unequivocal yes, <laughs> that it should most definitely be about the business. Um, the, the general SEO rules that apply to all web design uh, and all web coding also apply to blogs. Um, Google will read through the blog and will evaluate the, uh, the value of the content of the blog and will either reward or uh, demote your site accordingly. So if you're blogging about a bunch of stuff that really has no relevance to what your site is about, 
they're going to recognize that because they don't really differentiate between what's in a blog and what's on, sure. say, you know, the, the, the LASIK page of your website, for example. Um, so you do definitely want to keep it relevant, absolutely. Now, that said, there's a little bit more leeway. Like if you're, uh, you're hosting your, your uh, office's annual holiday party or whatever, you can write about that as long as you happen to mention that you're, you know, an ophthalmologist in that in that article sure it's very important um google does tend to be very finicky about these things so you know you, you have to be very very careful about that but um and at the end yeah. of the day what we are talking about is putting content onto your website so it does need to be treated with all the rules of regular content yes it's just you have the ability to update this on a more yes. frequent basis and that goes back to sort of what we were just talking about um bethany covered the the first sort of rule as to why you want to write a blog which is to generate interest um, you know, keep people coming back, give them something to talk about. But at the same time, there's two other things it does, which is to add new content onto your site. One thing Google really loves to see, and I think we covered this when we discussed SEO before, is that they like to see new, fresh content on sure. the site. So a blog is an ideal way to sort of do that because you don't want to be in there rewriting the content of your main site all the time, if ever really, because that's very bad practice. So a blog gives you a way to just continually add new information onto the website and in addition to that it just kind of expands the base of what's on there you know it gives you a chance to just get more keywords more content which again is what google likes to see so and we'll get into the the technical aspects of how to tag it appropriately things like that in a couple sure. seconds but you, that brings up a very good question if you are blogging and you're talking about the practice and what the individual doctors or the practice as a whole does how personal can you go with that you've mentioned of course that the more specific it is to the practice the better it is but then you also mentioned things like talking about someone's birthday party so how sure. personal can the blogs be but then i know you've dealt a lot with this and kind of walk that balance can you address some of the things that your practice may have done to make it a little bit more personal and the depths they went to? And then we'll jump over to Andy for the technical side of it. I have one really good one that I loved. Um, I work with a client in Houston who wrote a blog that was this wonderful, wonderful poem about one of his coworkers that was retiring. And Aww. it was absolutely hilarious. There were a lot of jokes thrown in there, a lot of puns about eye care services. Sure. And it was just fun. Like, I just sort of stumbled across it and I had to shoot him an email immediately and be like, that was great. That was really fun to read. And I bet, you know, any patient would be happy to read a, that you care about your coworkers and B that you have a sense of humor about it too. Absolutely. And if, so if they, if they wrote a poem and it was using some of the keywords in, in the poem, fantastic, wonderful, all the better, but to even make it more relevant, there are some things that we can do on the technical side by tagging appropriately that Andy can talk about to make it and force Google to say and recognize that this is relevant, even if they're talking about someone's kitten that they just brought to the office that day. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. There's a number of ways to do that. Like anybody that's ever done a blog knows that there's, uh, regardless of what platform you're using, there's a field where you can put in tags. Um, tags are very important and they're unique to blogs. Um, they, it basically is a way to tell Google this is what this subject is about. So sort of please focus on these words and, and look for them. Um, in addition to that, though, like I said before, the same SEO rules apply to blogs they do to anything else. So if you're going to include an image in your blog, for example, you want to make sure that that image is tagged appropriately with keywords, uh, what we call alt tags. Um, likewise, um, if you do mention things like LASIK, cataract surgery, what have you, um, even if it is something funny like a poem or whatever and you work in those keywords, you can use that as an opportunity to link back 
to the main sections of the website. Very, very important. We call this internal linking. And uh, again, if you're going to do that, you're going to want to make sure that it's done properly. So with a link, like let's say the poem mentions LASIK surgery, for example, you would use that as an opportunity to link back to what we call the LASIK pillar page or the main LASIK section on the website. And when you place that link, you're going to put a title tag on it. This is very, very important. Any links on a website should have title tags. This tells Google what the subject of the link is, not just where it's going. And Google, if it will uh, penalize that too, they'll recognize if that link does not have a title tag, they'll, they'll recognize that as an error and it'll show up on a report. So those are a couple of things you can do. Also, you know, making sure that, uh, that the blog, although it's less important on a blog, but making sure the keywords are used at the proper ratio. You know what I mean? We usually go for like two and a half to three percent of the overall copy on a web page for keyword usage. So trying to keep it in that neighborhood would, would serve you well. Um, Bethany, you brought up the poem, which I think is a fantastic example, and we can keep coming back to this as a really good example of some uh, not only an effective blog, but how to, to use that effectively. Right. So that does bring up a very interesting question, though. A lot of blogs that people read tend to be done by a professional blogger in their own voice, mm -hmm. in their own language. For practices that we use, there's kind of an imbalance there because it may be more than one person who's doing a blog. So how how should the language kind of read? Should it be very kind of strictly technical? Should it be a little jokey, a nice balance of the two? What have you kind of encountered and coached some of the clients to do? I definitely think a combination of the two is the most powerful way to do it. Um, sure. You want to be relatable. You want it to be light. A lot of people don't necessarily know a lot about ophthalmology or whatever it is that you're writing about. Um, so for them, you know, they want it to be broken down in a way that's easy to read and easy to understand, but does delve into some of the specifics um, because people are going to be looking for exactly that, a balance of the two. Um, in a lot of ways, too, if you do get more technical, it's just important to kind of put yourself in their shoes um, and make sure that you're doing it in a way that could be understood by, say, you know, your cousin or your friend who doesn't necessarily know a lot about any of the procedures or services you're offering. So it's important to try and put yourself in another person's shoes as the reader when you're doing it. You're writing for individuals, not for the industry itself. Exactly. Lacey, you've done a lot of the writing for us for a lot of the custom blogs that we do. What is, mm -hmm. What's kind of the balance that you strike? Is it a similar balance or do you have like a very specific thing and like this one's going to be technical and the next one's going to be a little jokier? Um, I definitely think with myself writing them, I tend to be a little more on the technical side just because unless I'm in direct contact with the client, I don't sure. know exactly what they want or, you know, anything that's going on in their practice or, which is why that's great to get that information from client managers and stuff like that. But for the most part, I tend to keep it pretty technical. Um, and a lot not, of the stuff that you write about is the te more on the technical side of it, the procedures, the right. surgeries, what are, what are cataracts, et cetera, those, the more technical side of it anyway. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, Andy, you recently wrote a fantastic and detailed blog post for us. So this Why, is kind of you. apropos. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> you went into a lot of detail, not only the language, the technical sides of it, mm -hmm. things like that. And what I want, wanted you to talk about for a little bit is blogs, when we're doing like site audits and when we're seeing errors on sites, tend to be the number one place that issues occur. We get a lot of duplicate content on mm -hmm. there because things have been tagged inappropriately, et cetera. Talk about that a little bit and some easy ways to kind of avoid those those situations. Well, 
that's going to be a quick one because there is no easy way to avoid those situations. To <laughs> no. be honest with you, um, it's that's a tricky thing, and it's it's kind of inherent to the nature of blog systems because when you amass a certain amount of uh, blog articles, um, generally a blog system like WordPress or whatever is going to collect the older ones into archives, and because of the way those uh, those systems generally format those pages. Site auditors are going to recognize those as being duplicate content because right. it's going to be like page one, page two, what have you, and the same stuff is going to appear on them. So, you know, on the back end of the website, there's some technical things you can do to sort of avoid that. Um, you can also create custom blog pages, which I highly advise doing, and that's a way to sort of get around just your generic um, kind of archive pages. You know what I mean? That'll give you a way to to highlight the ones you like and sort of archive the ones that are older, but they're not gonna they're not gonna duplicate. Um, now, in terms of the actual content of the blogs themselves, that can also run you afoul of of duplicate content rules. It's a whole separate issue, though. A lot of people uh, use what they call syndicated blogs, or they'll they'll simply take something they like and repost it. Like, let's say there's a news article that's relevant to your practice, and you say, oh, I like this. I'm going to blog that out. Right. And you just copy and paste it and, and you know drop it right into your blog. That's really, really bad news. You, you can't be doing that because Google definitely will recognize that as duplicate content. So what And that's want, quite literally copying and pasting the entire blog article into your Or even blog. a chunk mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. 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 If it's more than a couple of words here and there, they're going to see that as duplicate content. So one of the things that I've seen us do is to basically have someone write a synopsis of it, make it relevant to the practice, mm-hmm. and then link out to that. So Correct. You avoid the duplicate content. That's issue. exactly right. You can summarize it and then put an appropriately tagged link out to the actual uh, article wherever it was written. Awesome. All right. Uh, Bethany, you, of course, deal with our clients daily and discuss their blogs quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, in your opinion, is there anybody at the practice specifically who should write a blog? Is it better for a doctor to write a technical blog and then, say, an admin or a LASIK coordinator to write more of the office stuff? Or does it matter in any way, shape, or form? <sighs> I don't know that it does matter. Um, to me, I would say it's whoever can make the time to do it is important because it is really important to kind of adhere to a blog schedule. Um, it is something that you should be trying to do once a month, a couple of times a month, but I know that practices get really busy, very, very busy. So it's not always easy to, if there is one designated person, things come up and it's not always easy for them to get to it. Um, I would say that's a good time to have a discussion with your staff, see a, who feels comfortable with writing because not everyone's going to love the idea of writing a blog post or feel like, they're the competent person to be doing it. Um, sure. So making sure that the person is comfortable and confident in their writing abilities, making sure that you know they are able to stick to that schedule and make sure to make it happen. I think if there really isn't anyone at the practice who does have the time to do it, it's important to figure out a way. Maybe it would be a good idea to outsource and coordinate you know, with a third party doing it, um, or it would be a good idea just to say, let's do this. Let's make sure that here's the date it needs to get done and get it done. Um, Easier said than done, (laughs) but (laughs) it is important to try and stick to and adhere to, but schedules do get in the way. So 
I'd say whoever can and will. (laughs) And I think that's a really good point. Just because it's a technical article doesn't mean that a doctor has to write it, or if it's something more on the friendly side, it doesn't necessarily mean that the admin or laser coordinator, what have you, can can write it. Anybody who has the need to to say something or feels they want to say something can very easily do that. But you bring up a fantastic point. If you're going to blog, you do need to do it on a consistent basis, whether that's once a month, once a week, once a day, which would be ridiculous, but... Whatever your schedule is, you need to stick to it. If people are going to your blog and they see that you haven't done it for three or four months, they're a little they're a little suspect overall. Right. And just um, to just to add to that real quick, uh, one of the things I covered in my article um, was that that issue exactly. And uh, it's a great idea to get anyone to write a blog article, anyone at all. Um, but a couple things about that. One, you do want to make sure that um, whoever is writing it makes sure to double-check their work because, again, the list of Google's likes and dislikes is a million miles long. <laughs> and on that list is proper grammar, proper spelling, sure. sentence structure. Believe it or not, they, they do recognize that stuff. So um, if you're going to write a blog article, you definitely want to make sure that you uh, you know dot your I's and cross your T's and make sure all your punctuations in place they they definitely recognize that stuff and just to take that one step further um and we kind of touched on this a little while ago but speak uh writing in sort of a natural speaking cadence is also very important uh one of the things they really don't like is uh overly technical terminology you know what i mean wikipedia pages yeah yeah exactly and uh, what they actually will do is count syllables believe it or not they'll 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 evaluate the technicality of your of your uh, writing based on how complex they perceive the language in it to be. So they say to shoot for, it sounds funny, but shoot for like a fourth or fifth grade reading level. And there's actually a metric that'll test that. It's like the Fleisch reading test. Yep. And um, it'll evaluate, you know, how your writing is. Um, so the general rule of thumb is to just kind of write the way you speak. You know what I mean? But make sure that you write correctly at the same time. And uh, of course, that's a little bit of a contradiction when you know we're talking about an ophthalmo excuse me ophthalmology practice and the vast majority of what they're writing about is pretty technical stuff it's kind of hard to get around that um but it's just something to keep in mind you know because they're they're gonna they're gonna grade you really high if if everything you're talking about is really really technical stuff so fantastic and good point thank you very much um all right We'll kind of start to wrap up here. Lacey, I just have a real quick question for you. You, like we mentioned before, write a lot of our custom blogs for clients. And over the past couple months of doing this, are you noticing any trends? Are there hot topics that people want to be talking about right now? Things that maybe they should be talking about that they're not? Um, I haven't noticed that with clients so much, but I do a lot of research before I'm writing. You know, like when I plan all my blog articles in advance, I go and scour the internet for uh, news and um, anything related to ophthalmology really that would be interesting that I haven't seen a million times before Um, so that's really my only it must be kind of difficult every once in a while because there's only so many ways you can literally talk about laser assisted cataract surgery Um, and from what I've read from the blogs that you've done you do a very very good job so are there any tricks that you're doing to try to make things fresh each time that you're writing it or you just each one is different and you're going to give it your all um a little bit of both sometimes some an an idea will strike me and i'll have something different to write about for the most part you can tweak something a little bit and it's different enough to where it passes but at the same time it's important to get like new information out there absolutely yeah 
Um, of course, uh, we at Glacial offer all of these as services. We can do the technical side of it. We can be your second eyes. We can um, post for you if you want to write and just take take that look. Um, we offer all of these services. As you've heard, Lacey will happily write custom blogs for you as well. Um, but we're here to help, just assist if you want to dive into blogs or you just think you're not doing enough, we're obviously here to help you out. You can read uh, Andy's fantastically detailed article at our blog at glacial.com. You can you, always You're welcome. You can always get in touch with us at Glacial by going to www.glacial.com or calling us at 207-878-5900. Any closing thoughts, folks? If not, we'll just simply say goodbye. Go ahead. Um, another good way, if you want to reach us about doing any of these different blog services, if you don't know who to get in contact with, um, a good idea is to use clientmanagers at glacial.com, and we can always help you out. Fantastic. All right. Thank you all very much, and until next time. Thank you for listening to the Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series. For more information in regards to future podcasts or services discussed, please visit www.glacial.com or call us at 207-878-5900.